0: Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan.
1: We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you.
0: We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics.
1: Come join the conversation now. Here we are at Exploring the Marketplace. Sean, who do we have on today? You know, I love doing this show because you and I, I feel like we're getting such a world-class
0: perspective on yeah. what God's doing in the business arena. And I just think it's, I've grown as a person doing the show every, every week with you, Bob. And I'm so grateful that you've said yes, and we keep doing this. And today is no different. Brent Duzing is the CEO, founder of TruePlay, which is a gaming platform to bring high quality, fun and biblically sound entertainment to audiences worldwide. And he's been an entrepreneur forever. He pioneered game creation with Christian content through LightSide Games, a Christian gaming studio reaching more than seven million game players worldwide. And it resulted in 25,000 decisions for Christ, Bob. He's the founder and CEO of Cellfire. And he created the nation's leading mobile company and used it to, it's used today in grocers like Safeway and Kroger, resulting in Catalina marketing, acquiring Cellfire for $108 million. He began his career as a venture capitalist. uh, And then after that, he turned to Trueplay. And he's been featured in a lot of different ways for just his business savvy. He's just such an amazing guy, but you're going to Hear from them today because they've invested tens of millions of dollars to make True Play happen. And this is an incredible, uh, you know, incredible platform. And a lot of people are believing that God wants to bring great resources for great projects and businesses. And so I love that we get to hear from Brent because that's exactly what's happened. And we get to hear the beginning because he's still in the beginning four or five years of this startup. But it's just phenomenal what's happening right now. But we really heard the behind the scenes story today right here on Exploring the Marketplace. Come listen. One of the passions I have is to help people to understand how to walk with God in your prophetic gifts. And one of the prophetic gifts is word of knowledge. Now, everybody has access to this profound gift that helps you understand what God's doing in your life now, but also in your past. And God can bring a word of knowledge gift or a word of knowledge to you that helps to move your life forward in such a profound way, brings healing, brings strategy, brings wisdom, and we want the wisdom of God right now. Well, my book, God's Secrets, was all about that. And it was released five years ago. And we have a five-year anniversary edition that comes with a workbook and also a masterclass. So you could bring this incredible gift into your life. Now, remember, Paul said to go after love like your life depends on it and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. That's exactly what this book is about. It's gonna help you to have the prophetic and action in your life. And it will move you and your world forward.
1: Welcome back, Brent. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. Great to be with you, guys. Really appreciate it.
0: Well, I'm so excited to talk to you because I actually had you on the Sean Bull Show, my commentary show, and we're talking about the app that you've created that is a platform for games and for videos for kids, and it's really solving that kind of problem where there's been so much media that has not been leaning towards the core values of most of Americans and most of the world, really. And your app leans towards the core values of Christianity and really helps kids to have a safe space. I know I'm having to look over my daughter's shoulders when we let them do YouTube. I have to play Roblox with them if they're going to play because it's scary out there. And we know the statistics. We know what's going wrong. And TruePlay, obviously, we don't have to ever monitor because we know you guys are safe. And it's happening, right? You're filling a void right now that's been created by the fall of Disney. Like we've been watching Disney... You'll go down by two thirds. You may not have ever reached the capital that you have now if it wasn't for a lot of these kinds of things that are happening in the world around us. So that's kind of a frame I wanted to paint around it, just because I think it's so beautiful what you built and that you're lending your talent, Brett, your skill for the next generation. It's just it's almost unheard of for what you're doing, and it's the fastest growing app I think in the app store, but uh, for Christians. But I want to talk to you about like how did you get here? Like why did you decide to do True Play?
2: I was called. I mean, I I could. I could start with saying, you know, when I was a kid, when I was, I think, nine, I got a Nintendo in 1985, or 1986, yeah. I think, right? And and you know, Sean, because I think we're about the same age. The Nintendo in the home was to video games what Star Wars was to movies. It was a oh, yeah. step function, there's a world of difference. And and video games then became a part of our cultural fabric. So for anyone mm-hmm. listening, you know, 50 and under, even a lot of people over 50. It's just a common part of your media experience. So I I played video games. I actually made uh, tabletop games that my friends actually would come over and enjoy playing. I actually just got together with a buddy over the weekend that I grew up with who was still recalling how much he enjoyed that. So I I was into building games. I, I had some talent to it. Um, long long story short, we can, we can go into this if you'd like. But you know, got into became a tech entrepreneur pretty young at 26, and and ultimately. Um, I remember when I was about 39 asking myself, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I had started a couple companies successfully. I'd been in venture capital, um, you know, happily married, three kids, but I knew, you know, the whole idea of retirement, I'm gonna play golf or watch TV, that's not me. Um, what am I gonna do that that's gonna make a difference? It's gonna really achieve purpose and and got a lot of uh, I would say prophetic words and encouragement around changing culture, around transformation, Um, noticed how bad things were for kids, anxiety, suicide, depression rates at all time highs for children. And this is way before COVID. It's all about social media on smartphones and toxic content. They take in noticing the awful, you know, sexual content, violent content, demonic content, kids get exposed to. And you've done a lot of work, you know, around that, Sean, in your, in your podcasts and your videos but back five, six years ago, not everybody was aware. And so mm-hmm. really th- saying, hey, let's go lean in to build something really high quality, but that also deliver God's truth. And I was inspired as a Christian by the passion of the Christ. I became a Christian around 2004, 2005 time frame. Oh, wow. And yeah, so the passion was huge for me for two reasons. One, look, when you grow up in Christendom, you see the cross, but it kind of becomes a symbol of a church. It It, it doesn't you don't really understand even if you go to a church and hear preaching how awful the crucifixion experience was and mm-hmm. until you understand how awful it is you don't understand the value of it and the sacrifice Jesus made to do so you watch the movie the passion and you're just blown away because sure yeah. it's horrific but it's appropriate so you see it and you're like wow that's that's horrible and that was that was my fault like i i'm the i'm the guilty party in this equation additionally it impacted me in, in that, if you look at what Mel Gibson did, there's no surprise in this movie. There's no plot twists. You know, exactly. It goes exactly the way you think it's going to go. But it's riveting. Why? Great acting, great music, great cinematography. You connect with the characters, even though they don't speak English. And it adheres to the Bible. So I thought, well, wow, there's an opportunity to build, if you can adhere to really high quality and excellence and engagement and God's truth. You can make something that's truly transformative, and that's always been the desire of my heart, and kind of how we got started on True Play.
1: So, Brent, since you were a kid, you loved games, but then you went to higher education and into venture capital. Was it basically a bloodbath there? I mean, did did you? How did you hold on to whatever your values were at that time that led you to seeing the passion of the Christ, if you will? and deciding, look, there's something in the future for me. Sure. I grew up knowing God existed. I grew up going to a church.
2: Mom took me to church. Um, but it was a church that was part of a denomination that was starting to drift away from, is Jesus real? Is the Bible true? It was kind of in the 80s and the 90s when certain denominations started to yeah. slide off of biblical adherence, yeah. if you will. And um, But always believed God existed. Because it's obvious to me. I mean, if you've ever fallen in love, if you've seen a beautiful face, if you've seen a waterfall or a rainbow, the idea or just the complexity of life, the idea that it's all just random card atoms that just floated around and randomly all these things happen is nonsense. And I don't think very many people actually believe it. I think that uh, nobody lives that experience. Yeah. Right? I could, I could digress, but, but so then, but I, no, did I believe at the time that all the Bible was true or that Jesus was God in the flesh at the time? No, I didn't. Who goes to heaven and hell wasn't clear in my mind. When I went to Harvard in the nineties, I was, there's this assault and I'm sure it's worse now. Yeah. Anybody, anything they try to do to strip your mind out of Christian worldview. In fact, there's a great, if you're listening, you want to read a great article the CEO of Christianity Today, my friend Til- Tim Dalrymple, if you Google search it, it's called Open Letter to a College Freshman. He wrote it back in 2011, 2012, of course, way after I was out of college. Brilliant. It's about how when you go to higher education schools, they will try to remove Christianity out of your mm-hmm. belief system, particularly Christianity, not necessarily other religions. Why? Because the Gospels a threat. Yeah, because because Jesus Christ is real and it's really a threat to the forces of darkness, and so they try to come against it, right? And so that was talk about. You talked about a bloodbath. I mean, that was an assault, right? But I never, I never really bought in again to the idea that we're all, you know, secular humanism. It's all random carbon atoms, and uh, you know, it's it. Life means nothing, and uh, because nobody believes that, nobody, none of those professors who would tell me those things, they had children, and I said, well, because if your son got hit by a car. And died you wouldn't care because it's just carbon atoms well evolution's conditioned me to care that my genes propagate you don't really think that way you (laughs) don't uh, wake up in the morning think about your genes propagating you think about how much you love your child exactly and and so i had a lot of unanswered questions um i went to south africa in between my sophomore and junior year it's not not a part of my story i guess i've shared a lot about but I felt a real call to go to Africa. And this is wild because, again, I wasn't all in on Jesus. I didn't get the whole God calling thing, but I just felt drawn to it. That's all I can tell you. That's how it felt. And it was 1998. It was four years after apartheid ended. I worked in downtown Johannesburg um, with homeless people and refugees. Wow. Um, I got to see Nelson Mandela speak when he was a president in a room full of 200 people. Very funny guy, by the way. Great sense of humor. It's a part of his personality I don't think everybody always appreciated. Um, of course, very magnanimous. And um that the pivot point for me in South Africa, and I was 21 years old, was I could use my business skills and acumen to do good in the world. Now, if you're listening, because I know this is about entrepreneurs and business, that might be obvious to you. But when you're at Harvard in the 90s and you're hearing in your classes communism, capitalism's evil, all the problems in the world are caused by Americans and communism and Christians, and they say these wow. things. Yeah. And And so you get this intellectual beat down and you kind of know it's not true, but, you know, it's kind of like Muhammad Ali in the um, Mm -hmm. George Foreman fight where you just just try to cover up and protect and you might not be ready to throw to counter yet. That's how it felt. And so you have this big epiphany. Wait, I helped a church raise money and get in the black. I helped another ministry start because I can speak a little bit of French. Uh, uh, for francophone refugees who were in south africa anyway long story so i could do this good in the world and that was my pivot point as a young man at 21 okay i know what i'm going to do with my life i'm going to go into business wow. and i'm going to use it to do good now did i know that i'd become a, a all-in christian and i would do true play at 21 no i didn't but that was something god needed to take me out of there for a year and literally the other side of the world mm-hmm. and one more thing since uh for those listening which is kind of a sweet story Two years later, I came back after I graduated. So, came back, did my last two years at Harvard, graduated in two thousand one. And that summer, met my wife. We had this three-year long-distance relationship. Then we got married. Now we're happily married, coming up on twenty years with three kids. So, God just just to kind of encourage people, God can draw you in and call you to things you might not even know it's a calling. And at that time, I didn't hear like an audible voice or have some big vision. I just felt pulled. And I will tell you this: when you follow. Jesus and you going on the kingdom, you will get more out of it than you put in. But it may not even be things you're looking for. I didn't go looking for a wife; that wasn't my plan. But look at you know, I I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. You know, my wife and my children. So it was pretty amazing what happened.
0: I love that because we talk a lot about on the show about how because of seeing hearing people's process of life of how God led them into ways they probably wouldn't have led themselves or it wasn't their core desire at first. But as they follow God, all of a sudden they're like. I do want to do this. This is my calling. This is what I want to do. So I love that your story. There's some of that in there in the sense of like, I ended up following the calling and I didn't you couldn't even define it at the time. Well, talk to us about because I know you had this whole career before and there's all these incredible God moments. But talk about when you got into the point of why did you decide true play like that's a big break from what you were doing. And a completely different trajectory and also to do it on the level you're doing it because it's not like a little chintzy project. This is like really high level games. Both for adults and kids, really high level videos. I mean, it's the app is beautiful. It's not I mean, it didn't take a million dollars. It took 10s of millions of dollars to get to this point. And there's not many Christians who not only would not aim at that, because there's just not there's not proven models to be able to do it well. But also, there's not many Christians who would go after children specifically, and that's part of your app. So talk about where did that come from?
2: Sure. So, um, we, my co-founders and I and, and some other folks, too, had built a company called LightSide where we built what, what was and I guess still stands as the most successful library of Christian video games ever built. So we built games on Facebook. If you guys remember, games like FarmVille were on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We didn't build FarmVille. We built games like that, Journey of Jesus, Journey of Moses, Stained Glass. And we had over 7 million people play them. Wow. We had, Yeah, we had 25,000 people come Dude. to Christ because we partnered with the Billy wow. Graham Association. Yeah, so so we knew we knew how to build games that people played that told a biblical story that they played frequently that they spent money in that they played for long periods of time. So we knew how to do that. The difference is when you run a gaming studio, you're doing one game at a time, like a movie Mm -hmm. studio. So it's kind of like playing trapeze. You're doing great as long as you hop off the next trapeze and catch the next rung. But it's you're hopping from rung to rung, and if you miss just one, then the you fall off, and hope you know that's it, right? Whereas The idea with Trueplay was, look, the longer time goes on, the worse things have gotten for children along any measure. And and, and I always like to remind people, only 31% of American children now believe in God without a doubt compared to 60% Mm -hmm. of adults. So we are in a crisis with kids. Okay, so one game, one movie, one TV show, one cartoon is not going to change that. But an experience can. An experience can change things. Wow right? What does Steve Jobs say? When he was running Pixar, he walks in the break room. He goes, guys, who's the most powerful person in society? I don't know. Who is it? Steve, tell us. He says, it's the storyteller because the storyteller sets the values and the agenda for what people believe. He said, and he said, right now that's Disney. I want to go change that. Now, Steve Jobs did a lot of amazing things. I don't think he changed that. I think Disney, he sold his company to Disney and then he became the largest Disney shareholder. So I don't don't think (laughs) that changed with Pixar in fairness. But- for TruePlay. So the impetus is everybody's doing Netflix, HBO streaming, Amazon Prime streaming. You know, there's successful companies like ABC Mouse, Duolingo providing value to families with gamified experiences where they learn. Why don't we build a platform with world-class games, cartoons, comics, great experiences where everything we do is done with the utmost quality? but also contains God's truth because we live in an, a short attention span society, right? We don't just compete. We don't really compete with other Christian content. We compete with Disney plus and Minecraft and Roblox. That's yeah. who are because that's, that's the time that our kids are spending. So we've got to build things that are truly world-class, but here's, what's really important from a, from a prophetic and from a honoring God standpoint, Jesus said, what, if you deny me, I'll deny you. That's pretty serious, Right. Too often, I think Christians will go out and say, well, we don't want to talk about Jesus or God because that might offend people. So let's build something mm. that's just nice and good. And then people will know. I had a guy one time tell me I could build a really nice chair that was well designed and they would know there was a God. I'm like, I don't think so. Mm. They might just know that. I mean, there's great secular atheists who are great carpenters. It's not. Yeah. We don't yeah. owe the world something that's fun for them to do. We owe the, wor- the world the truth of God. We owe the world mm. the revelation of Jesus Christ because you don't see Jesus Christ anywhere except for as a cuss word in a movie now, yeah. With a few exceptions like the Chosen and the Jesus Revolution movie, you know, there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, you don't. So let's go bring that front and center, but do it in a way that's artful, beautiful, and tasteful. That that was the impetus. Wow.
1: What have you What have you learned over 25,000 people being saved through games and what you're doing now moving forward at True Play. what have you learned about parents? And because we all know, like Sean said, he has to look over his kid's shoulders. What have you learned about the, the parental experience? You're, you're a parent of children. Yes. And then wh- where you're taking the kids. I would say that a few things. I wish that people
2: who made content, took responsibility for the effect it'll have on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, think about this. Y- you, we've all met people in our life who've had serious trauma. And usually when you get to what happened, it's something that happened in their childhood. Mm-hmm. My parents did this to me or somebody abused me or at school these kids said this or beat me up. Okay, fair enough. I get it. And I, I get it. But now the, the, the catch is now we're the adults in the room. Yeah, I wish the people who made grand theft auto and 50 stage of gray and all the porn and all the child porn thought for a minute about what if they were on the other side of that, if they were the victim, if they were the ones who at six years old got exposed to some content that they shouldn't have seen and how that would affect their life, their relationships. And, 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 and I could go on about all the, all the culprits, the school shootings. I mean, the Uvalde shooting, which happened an hour and a half from here twenty twenty two last year, the kids playing an online shooting game loses says i'm going to go shoot some kids, and that's what he does mm. so you can 't tell me the video games don't affect people 's lives. they can do it for the for the worse we're trying to do it for the better, but me you know what 's the Bible say? The eyes are the window of the soul, so in terms of parents, to me, I think it's hard to be a parent, not right now. I think parents get blamed by um by content creators, it's almost like you ever see Training Day with Denzel Washington, and he yeah. kind of tricks um, uh, what's the guy's name who's the other star? Not Denzel, oh but you know who I mean. So yeah. he he tricks the other character, he makes him do drugs, and then he he basically blames him for doing it. Well, you know you you shouldn't have smoked that joint. Well, yeah, but you've kind of forced me to do it. I feel mm-hmm. like that's how it is with parents. We're going to force this awful content on you. We're going to put parental restrictions, which include, please check the box to verify you're over 18. And that's the restriction. And then your kid has all these anxiety, suicide, and depression rates, or problems rather. And then they either want to prescribe medication and or blame you. It's like, but, yeah. but you were the one pushing this in the first place. I think that parents, mm. psychologically for parents, it's like you get told there's a hurricane, you live on the beach, and they say, you say, what do I do to protect my family? Hey, don't worry just go to the beach and hold up your arms. You'll be fine. Well, you're not going to stop the hurricane. And so I think it's hard for, for parents. You can't like Sean, you know, you said you can't stand over your child's shoulder every minute. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I think we have to, as Christians empathize with parents and provide them tools and things they can do to empower them and equip them and be on their side rather than everyone else who's making content and platforms like social media companies that are basically antagonizing their, child, their children, really.
0: No, I think it's so true, and I feel like I like that you're saying this because mm-hmm. you're making a company to meet a need that God's shown you and also to do it with him, not just for him, not just to solve a problem, but because you feel compelled to from God. I think there's a lot of people who tried to do this in different ways in the past, but they didn't have the, maybe the spiritual intelligence or emotional intelligence to realize, like, you can do this well without having to be in a battle directly in the sense of like, we're going to come against Grand Theft Auto, just making it an incredible program. It just makes something that kids want to play. And that's enough because they're going to get the gospel on it. And you've already proven that on Facebook, you guys can do that. Tell me about, um, you know, when you started this company and you had to hire talent towards it and you had to actually like, you guys have gone pretty fast cause you started back in what, 2019. So, and now you're here where you've launched the app and it's doing really well, tell me about like. Just the hiring process, being the boss, being like, like, bring creatives together and, and doing this because I know there's many people who are starting companies who are listening to this right now, or maybe have just been hired into a company that may have Christian values or have Christian people in it. And there it's, it's, there's a lot of alignment happening right now, I think around the world with Christians, but tell me about being a boss. And what are some of the challenges and some of the things that have happened that are like a blessing or that were unexpected? Sure.
2: You know, I was talking to one of my board members the other day, and I said to him, what do you think the hardest thing we've had to do is? He said, build the team. I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's been the hardest trick. And here's why. Because we've hired people who are truly world class. And I'm, I'm happy to go into that if you like, but we have an amazing team, number one, that two can work well at a startup because that's a subtle thing. And I'd encourage you if you're listening. Just because someone comes from a big company or has a big company name or big pedigree, it doesn't mean they're going to do well when the company's starting. Nobody's calling (laughs) you. There's no policies and procedures. You have to raise money. Nobody, you know, has ever, you you haven't even tested your product yet. And I've seen a lot of big company people in almost 20 years are running companies that look like deers in the headlights because they're they're used to having a set. Well, there is no playbook. We have Mm -hmm. to make the playbook. And, And then lastly, the third thing is they've got to be all about the mission. And that, you know, finding those three things um, was not easy. We we have a phenomenal recruiting team that's that's been able to do that. Uh, and, and I will also say that God, and this is something I want to encourage people listening. If you have a calling on your life that requires more than just you to do it, then guess what? God has called other people. And I'll give mm-hmm. you the evidence for that. We've had many people here who they would say, well, I was been had a dream to do this for ten years or fifteen years, and then I got a call from you, the recruiter. Or I was working at a big company make working on a video game that I felt really bad about the game. It was too demonic. It was too sexual. i, I, I had I had one woman say, I couldn't even show talk to my kids about what I did at work. Like that's how oh, ashamed I was as a Christian yeah. mother. I could not talk about it. I, and my my child, she had some eight year old daughter who called her on it. She saw the screen you know, work from home. The kid walks in the room, sees the computer. Mom, how can you even be doing that mm. from the mouth of babes? So they come to the pastor and they say, I feel terrible about this. And then the next week, a recruiter calls. We've had wow. that happen more than once. Wow. Um, you know, we've had people pray and, and feel like, yeah, they feel led that they're supposed to be here. Um it's, it's real. And I like, so I said, God's I to building your team. And that's What's amazing. That?
0: Cause it's, it is one of the hardest things to do is build a team, but God, it sounds like God's really been building your team. God has been building our team for, for decades before we started the company because that's so cool. God that's will such plant a great point. Seeds.
2: Yeah. Like I said, if you're listening, God will plant seeds in people's minds, their abilities, their gifts. So look, we have story writers, engineers, artists, game designers, business people, well, these people come from all different walks and backgrounds. They didn't know they were going to be working for Trueplay in 2023, building this, you know, entertainment platform, you know, Christian entertainment, high quality platform. They didn't know that 15 years ago, but God did.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's what I want to encourage you. If you're listening, you know, whether you're, you're going into ministry or you're going into business or whatever your calling is, I'm willing to bet you if God's called you, he's called other people to help you.
1: Brent, this is so amazing. Time just flew by. I know. Um we should do a part 2 but how do people get a hold of Trueplay? Play? How do they how do they get a hold of the company and all of its products?
2: Oh sure, just go to trueplaygames.com, t r u p l a y games.com. Uh, on the website you can buy uh, a monthly or an annual subscription. You can also download it. So so maybe I should describe True Play is an entertainment platform. It's it's games, it's digital comics. We also have comics from the Action Bible and from Kingstone Comics. We have a lot of games that we've made. Some are based on the Bible. Some are based on this new character set called the Rimverse um, with a whole brand new IP we've created. But everything we do is fun, beautiful, excellent, and has God's truth woven deep into it um, that I think not only kids are enjoying, but parents are enjoying, too. It's, it's one platform, tons and tons of content, adding new stuff all the time, works on any mobile device you have, Android, iOS, phones, or tablets. Uh, it's trueplaygames.com.
0: Wow. Wow, it's so so awesome! I, I know people are going to visit True Play. I'm going to encourage you to get it. This is the greatest Christmas present you could probably get your kids right now, just to give them something that's not just an alternative, but actually is going to teach them the word and in te- in a beautiful, fun way. But there's also a couple games like, uh, is it called stained glass? Yeah, for adults can play too. We were playing it the other day. I was like, oh wow, this is like really fun. It's just a puzzle game. So I'm going to encourage you to get this for your family this Christmas. Give it to your grandkids. This is the time to invest, make a spiritual investment into them. Let's change that statistic in America where only 30% of kids know about God. And Brent, it's been such a joy to have you on the show. Thanks for being here today. It's an honor
2: to be with you, Sean. I really appreciate everything you're doing. It's uh, good to be with you guys. Well, vice versa. And well,
0: up next, you have final thoughts with Bob and I. Stay tuned. I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm gonna invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to bullsministries.com and clicking on the Academy button.
1: Welcome back to final thoughts. Wow. Sean, uh, you know, when you had that word in 2018 and 19, that the next major move of God was going to come through the marketplace that marked me. But every week that we talk to business people, um, I I remember it and I think about it and listening to Brent, um, he, he started true play in 2019 was right in that area where you had that word yeah. and it's just so amazing to me t- that we that we continue to talk to people who who are being marked and who are who are doing things in the marketplace for Christ
0: yeah and whether you're doing it directly for Christ or you're in the sense of a ministry or focused like they are or whether you're doing it indirectly. It's amazing how many people, like you said, we get to talk to and just the fruit of their lives and the fruit of their decisions. I'm going to encourage you. You may be in the first two years or three years of your startup, or you may not be as funded as like a Brent's company would be or whatever. You may not have the educational background. And I love how God used the weakest things in the world to confound the wise. So it doesn't matter if we have the qualifiers necessarily that you sometimes hear. We can disqualify ourselves for anything, right? And so I think that, you know, we're the ultimate imposters. Like, I, I can't do that. God can't call me because I don't have this. I want to encourage you to trust God's calling on your life, that if he's given you a calling, he'll give you the people, the talent, the skills, whatever you need, the education, but just pursue it, pursue it for real, like Brent did. And maybe again, I I can feel Bob when people are listening to this, like, they were fascinated by Brent, but they couldn't see themselves maybe doing such great things as having a $100 million startup. And I'm like, why not? Why not? If God's giving you something, why wouldn't he give you World class team members, why wouldn't he give you? You know, maybe you're in a career where you feel like you're going to be accelerating or getting a promotion in a way that you're maybe not qualified for, maybe not the first pick for, but God's showing you it because when you get there, he wants you to say, God did this
1: exactly. You know, I refer to this every once in a while, but in 2015, Roger Jones wrote an article uh, for the Harvard Business Review. Talking about the top fears of CEOs and the and the number one fear of the top CEOs in the world was the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that word just now. And it made me think like, I think about this all the time. If if the top 150 CEOs in the world, who you could argue are the best business people in the world, are afraid of the imposter syndrome, then yeah. it's no surprise that you and I are either. Absolutely. So, you know it's like we have to get over ourselves and realize that we have god and and god says don't despise the small beginnings mm-hmm. but then he says fall in the in the second part of the verse he loves it when we begin so we just need to begin
0: yeah it's it's kind of funny because when you start a family or when you get married i think that's maybe where a lot of people face their first imposter syndrome fears and full on because you're like, can I be a husband? Can I be a dad? Can I, Or maybe it's a wife and a mom. Can I, You know, whatever it is, if you're a woman or a man. But it's like you you face these things where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. So I think like I love how God's given us the construct of family to work out and community in and our church. And, yeah. and having people who believe in us, if we'll just engage in the relationships that God's designed for us. I think it really helps a lot of people overcome a lot of these things that could be harder to overcome if you're doing it without that sense of community and family and connection. So I just wanted to say that because some of you are like, you know, I I'm just calling, but I don't know how I'll ever get there. Well, part of your everyday t- training ground is the family and the people you're serving right now and just being faithful. And then those other things, it becomes a lot easier to believe for them when you see the miracles in your everyday life. So I hope you guys enjoyed watching this episode. I know that Brent really, I've really encouraged my heart. I just, yeah. just his perspective. He just touches me like whenever he talks, I think he's so deep. Um, But I want to encourage you, too, that many of you are starting things or you have businesses or you have a career path and you're still learning how to have full faith for it. Listen to each and every episode of Exploring the Marketplace. Go back and listen to some of the episodes. Look at the titles. Let, Let the Holy Spirit point out which ones are for you. Also, if you need help in your journey of hearing God and actually understanding God's process in your life get our Wired to Hear book or a masterclass or both by going to boldministries.com or buying the book wherever books are sold, especially amazon.com. I'm going to encourage you to get those today. They're going to help you where Bob and I can be your coaches on how to hear God's voice. And it will not only support your life, but it will help support our podcast being made each and every week. We so are glad to be involved with your life. And we'll see you next time on Exploring the Marketplace. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace. With us, we have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos. Take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy. Or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together,
1: Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.